The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. What's going on? As you know, I do a bunch of podcasts, right? Yes. One of the other ones I do uh, I do on the weekends with my buddy Sean Fritz is Silence Your Phones. This Where show we started. Exactly. Spun off of that. The other day, I opened the show same way, and I did it as Out of the Shadows. I was like, wait a <laughs> second. This isn't Out of the Shadows. <laughs> did you keep it, or did you clip it off no, for I, the No, I took it out. I fixed, I fixed it, but yeah. Um, that's funny though. It is funny because once in a while, like the, I, there's a few shows that I open the same way. So I, I do silence your phones out of the shadows and I don't know if I do. I did. No, I don't do tube time that way. We do tube time differently, but so out of the shadows and silence your phones, I both, I open the same exact way, except instead of saying out of the shadows, I say silence your phones. And yeah. instead of saying Jim Clark, I say Sean Fritz. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it's one of those things. I mean, um, that, that makes sense because that's where we started. Yeah. True. So you're just taking the same format, almost. You know what? I think I do it the same way with History Creeps too. I bring us in that way with History Creeps, but I introduce I the know. other guys with like creepy adjectives to their names. Yes. Should you want me to start doing that with you, dude? Like, welcome back to another episode of Chris and Anthony. Jo- oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually do Chris and Anthony the same way. Like oh, when I bring yeah, us yeah, in. yeah, you do. <laughs> I guess it's just the way I do my intros, dude. You gotta start mixing it up, man. Jeez, for real. Some fucking originality, dude. Come on. Welcome <laughs> to another episode of Out of the Shadows. Ah, okay, Count Chocula. With your host. Oh, speaking of Chris the Count. Chavez did you see and Timothy Clark? <laughs> did you see Uh you mean the Nosferatu. Monsters? Oh no, okay. No. What? With Willem Dafoe, okay, and Anya Taylor Joy. Who's she? What's she the in? The witch. Ah, and I believe the wait, director is Robert Eagers. You mean they're, you mean they're, doing, they're redoing it? Um, yes, this is what I saw the other day. I'm pretty sure. Is it sure. silent? I don't know, bro. If I, they pulled off, I'm pretty sure this is real. I don't think silent this was film. a. I don't think. Well, look at what they did with the artist. I never saw it. You never saw it. No. Okay, is it well, a silent film? Yes, legit. Legit. Sweet. Yes. I'm down. Wait, legit. When I say legit, is there subtitles or does it show the title cards in between? I think it's the title cards, dude. If it's the title <laughs> cards, they got to do that. I've only seen with- it once in the theater when it first came out, but I've, I I vaguely remember title cards. They got to do that with Nosferatu, dude. They have to. I don't know. I don't know. And black and, and white. Grainy black and white. The Not poster bad quality, I saw, but- again, if this is real, which I... I gotta look, look this up. up to make yeah, it. the poster I saw is old school black and white, like silent film. So the, I'm thinking the movie's gonna be in black and white at least. Um, but look at—I mean, he just did. Um, well, he just did the uh, what is it? The Northman. But before that, uh, the Lighthouse that was in black and white with Willem Dafoe. So where did you see this? On the internet. <laughs> I'm not seeing anything, dude. I'm not seeing that anybody's doing a movie or bringing it back. Yo, if I, this 
I'm going to be pissed. Oh, hold on. There is Den of Geek three weeks ago says that there's uh, Robert Eggers and Anya Taylor yeah, Joyce still planning Nosferatu remake. Um, That was three weeks ago. Yeah, I don't see anything new. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I would, if they did it, Maybe dude, it I want I want to see it. I don't know, but it looked sick as fuck. And if Willem Dafoe comes in to play Count Olaf, that would be sick, dude. Does that not annoy you, dude? When what? people make fan posters or fan trailers, and then you get like, you're like, oh, Amped shit. For it? You know, yes, this is like coming. this. So let me Perfect ask you something. Example. I didn't look into it, so maybe you might know. Okay. If you did, I don't know. Uh, Beetlejuice 2, is this legit or is this, again, fan-made I, film uh, posters that are just going no, around the I internet? No, I think that's a fan-made one. I right? think I've seen that, too. It's not legit. That's real, no. I didn't think so. No. Dude, come on. They need to get on this. But you know what? The thing is, it's, it's kind of cool it's in this cool. day and age. It's cool because from the artistic... Um, the artistic aspect of it because you can take you know two things that you're in love with the art aspect of creating a movie poster and your your love for horror movies and make something new out of it you know what i mean but it just sucks because you get somebody stupid like me who comes across it on twitter and you're like oh this is <laughs> fucking awesome doesn't do their background checking you know Okay, so uh, as of february 28th 2022 Brad Pitt's production company Plan B has boarded Beetlejuice 2, bringing a new sense of life to a project that has long been in the works at Warner Brothers. Okay, so how long ago did you see this? I just... Oh, the, the poster? Like last week, someone was passing it around. Yeah, it's probably an older one then. Probably a fan-made one, because if he just boarded this, there's... They oh, yeah, those are easily have, fan-made. Yeah. Those are easily... But here's the thing, right? Okay, so those... It, it is kind of cool, though, when people do these fan-made trailers or fan-made posters mm-hmm. because a lot of times in the day and age we're in the inf- the internet can influence the actual production of getting well, it going look at look at with uh the sonic movie exactly my or point cats the and racing cat they, buttholes exactly dude yeah. the second they heard that backlash they went back and paid the money oh. to get cg redone on sonic's eyes yep and mouth they redid it because of and the fans, they listened better. to the fans, and I'm so glad they did. Good for them. I mean, I didn't watch the movie, but seeing the differences, I mean, no, I thought I it looked better. No, I didn't watch it either, um, but they're coming out with a second one now, and there probably wouldn't be a second one had they not done that. I think um, I think it's interesting when we do see these types of things. Yeah. Uh, hard turn. Okay. Our movie we're talking about today. <laughs> Hard turn. It's like how do you how do you Updated transition movie into that? trailers for the remake? Now let's talk about the original. There you go. I just guided it. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh yeah, we're we are back to talk more 1984 horror. And once again, Stephen King graces our screens. At least his story yes. graces our screens. I don't know how close it is because I've never read the book or seen the movie, so I've I couldn't never, tell you. I've never read the book either. I want to. Oh, really? I want to. Interesting. Especially now. Oh, interesting. We're going to get into it. We just watched Stephen King's Firestarter. Charlie McGee is a healthy eight-year-old girl. Normal in every way. Charlie, now watch what you're doing. But one. Did she do that? What are you going to do with it? I'll bring her here. So you can do all your tests. And you give her to me. Charlie has the power. Do something bad. She can set things on fire. Something's happening in there. With just a glance. It is a power she does not want. Stick around. Daddy, I'm scared. 
Drew Barrymore, big time Lover. role, iconic role for her. Yes, um, coming off the heels of E.T. <coughs> I didn't know Charlie Sheen was in this. I didn't know that either. Not Charlie Sheen, um, <laughs> Martin Sheen. Yes, Martin Sheen. Yeah, not Martin Sheen. And I didn't know that um, George C. Scott was in this. I didn't know that either. Dude, no. I just, did I tell you I just saw Patton? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You did say so. That, it's, yeah. It was. It's kind of weird because I was literally saying, aside from the Changeling, I'd mm-hmm. never seen anything else that he was in. And then we watched the Changeling, and then it's now I watched this. Literally yeah. the week after Patton, it was crazy. Yep. Um, going back to what was the first film we did? Changeling. No, 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 no. That was the second film. First oh, film was the Fog. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Going back to uh, the beginning of our Shadows days. Yeah, man. Um, Come back. So this one, uh, again, a very young Drew, Drew Barrymore is the mm-hmm. star of this film. Um, and basically, we, we this movie's about, we, we meet her father. Um, I forgot the guy that plays Andy. the father. Andy oh, oh, McGee's oh. the character. Yeah, what's the guy's name? And he's got, he's got Drew Barrymore in his arms, and they're on the run. They're running through the most crowded sidewalk I've ever seen in any city ever. David Keith. Okay, David Keith. Um, but he's running through like I couldn't believe how many people are on a sidewalk that late at night, and he's on the run from these guys in a car. Right? It's 1984, yeah, so 83, 82 in Washington D.C. Yeah, it's I don't not know like what D.C. That, was like in the D.C.'s 80s. not like New York City. Like if they said that was New York City, I'd believe that many people on that sidewalk. Anyway, yeah. Um, did you get like Halloween three vibes from some of this? Like the shit that goes, the, the, like all the guys we'll chasing, in, uh, well, even the music I in the background this, this as it went. This is a major point of conversation because, as we remember, John Carpenter was originally supposed to do this movie. Yeah, this felt very much like a John Carpenter movie. So was he still in the? Was he was he Steven Spielberg and Poltergeist? I don't know if it was so much that as they just had took his flavor. What he had already started and just continued. Did he start on it already? It. He had done, as far as I remember, and and I think he did quite a bit of work on it already interesting but then they pulled it from them because of how bad the thing did in theaters so this thing so okay so the, this guy's on the run with his kid and you find out that they're on the run from the government and mm-hmm. um that they had been a part of ex- some experiments right mm-hmm. he had been a part of experiments and he met drew barrymore's mother at the same experiment and we know he's got some weird powers because when they run away from these guys, they jump in a cab and he hands the guy a dollar bill telling him he's giving him a $500 bill, mm-hmm. then does this like weird like thing on Professor X, head. Professor X thing, yeah. right? And then like the guy looks down at the dollar and it looks like a $500 bill. He's like, oh, hell yeah, dude, I'm taking that shit. Because <laughs> at first he wasn't going to go to the airport. Yeah, well, you're a taxi driver. No, you're not going to go to the airport. So... um so we know that there's this, okay, now there's like supernatural stuff in mm-hmm. here. We're looking at mm-hmm. telekinesis, right? 
um, being able to influence other people's minds. Well, even even before this, the guys who were chasing him had a conversation in the car about it. So. Yeah, he said, but "Don't look him in the eyes." Right? It. He says, yes. "Don't look him in the eyes. He can control your mm-hmm. thoughts." Um, and then through little conversation here and there, we we know that this girl is sad and and she's scared because she's she's afraid of something she may do. Mm-hmm. So when they're at the airport, we see what she can do because as they're they're getting in, into a phone booth. Uh, so that dad can Professor X hack it and get all the change out of it. Uh, she's watching this, uh, this what was he, uh, an uh, army some guy? Sort of, or a yeah, Coast Guard guy I, or something? No, like it wasn't Coast Guard. Some, some sort military, of military guy. guy going away with his He's girlfriend. He's like berating his pregnant girlfriend, talking yeah. about, that's not my baby. I know you're sleeping around. She's like, you're the only person I've ever been with. And she's crying. And when Drew Barrymore's walking by, she notices this, right? And so from the phone booth, she, she sees it goes down, go down, and she lights the dude's feet on fire. She gets the, the little anger. Um, let me ask you something. Yeah. How about Drew Barrymore as this this as an actress at this age? Oh man, she did a phenomenal job. When dude. she was walking by and looking at that woman, the sadness on her little face, like she was trying to be smile and make that woman smile, but knowing that this woman was feeling as bad as she did, like she had this like such a pitiful Not look. Not just that, dude. but like the, the the way she delivered her lines, dude. So good for a child of what seven eight years old. Good lord, I think know? she was seven, right? Yeah, around but there. Good lord. Um. Anyway, so she, now we know what her power is, right? She mm-hmm. lights things on fire. Um. When they get they get to like a hotel, some they get somewhere where they can kind of lay down for the night and sleep. And he starts having dreams, and you you find out more of what happened to his wife. Yes. And uh, you see that initially, um. You know, Drew Barrymore grew angry with the wife during breakfast one morning and lit her oven mitts on fire with her hands still in them. But they got it out in time. It wasn't like it was that bad. Um, I don't know. She she was injured. No, she said she was. She was a little bit of whining. A little bit of whining. I agree. But um, and then a little bit later in the day, um, there's a scene where the dad. The, like a little bit later on, there's a scene where the dad. Or what's his name comes home. And he's looking for his wife. She can't find her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then runs to wherever the laundry room is. When he came into the kitchen there. Oh, and everything's knocked over and shit. That kitchen looked like the same kitchen from Poltergeist. Poltergeist. I, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, what Good. Is, that is this? And I paid attention to the rest of the layout from the house from there, and it didn't seem to match. No, but it looked exactly remember, like it, right? it looked it, like right? the same fucking kitchen. Dude, it's funny. So yeah. he sees this, you know, he's looking for his wife. He goes to where the laundry room is and he sees like blood going to mm. one of the closets and he's yep. freaking out and he opens it and down she falls. She's laying on one of those like pop down iron boards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And yep. but she's dead. She's obviously dead. And she's, she's got, got something, something in, her in her mouth. Like, I don't know. Jinx. What was the point? I don't know. Um, oh, you know what it was? It was the the nat, the the handkerchief oh, that they oh, used to, the, to the put her out. What's yeah. it called? Um, chloroform. Uh, they just shoved it in her mouth and then killed her. Um, so he's calling around looking for his daughter and he calls, uh, I don't know who that person was that he called, but he knew who they were. He's like, is my daughter there? Oh yeah. Well, I think, uh, what was the girl doing there? I don't know. I think she was just being like babysat and being watched. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, he's, she's here. Right. And when he gets there, the government agents are trying to take her away. Mm -hmm. They've already chloroformed her. She's passed out. And we see him basically use his powers to make these guys drop their guns, bring him his daughter back, and then he tells them that they're both blind, that they can't see yeah. anything. And the woman who was babysitting comes running out. She's got blood down the side of her head. So obviously they attacked her, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes, go inside. You're never going to remember any of this. And she just turns around and walks inside. Yeah. Um, 
and so that's how they got away, right? And he wakes up. Uh, he wakes up in the middle of um, he wakes up in that at that hotel or something. I think yeah, I, yeah. I broke it up. I think maybe the the more of the flashback yeah, comes later. Yeah, there was later. two pieces. Yeah, but anyway, that's what's going on here, right? Then all of a sudden, bring in George C. Scott, and he's like this like super killer, right? Like he's a super killer, super kind of. He was like a Native American dude. Is that what he was playing? He looked like one. I like that's the what ponytail, I think they, bro. That's what I think. Because his his character's last name sounds very much like uh, John Rainbird. It's a Native American. Wow, name. they had to they played they had him playing a Native American. Interesting. Well, is he Native American or no? I don't think so. No, See, I don't even know. So he goes. He go. He's basically brought on by the government by Martin Sheen and to go and get these two. Yeah, he they 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 look like they've had relationships in the past where he's done missions for them. So. And he's like, I am going to get them, mm-hmm. but the deal is, is when you're done with all the experiments on this little girl, I get her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what, what do you mean by that? What do you need that for? He's like, because I get her. And so I guess that makes much more sense in terms of why he kills people and looks them in the eyes and tries to like absorb their whatever. Because if he's got any kind of Native American beliefs, maybe there's this thinking that he's absorbing their power through that. Because that's what he says to him, the guy, Martin Sheen later on, is that he's going to get her to the happiest point and then kill her and then make sure that he absorbs the power because there's power inside her, he says. And I'm going to get that. I want mm-hmm. it. Um, so he's this guy that's going to go hunt them down and he does, he ends up finding them. They went away to this cabin, um, and he tranquilized shoots both of them, takes them both yes. down Yep. and they bring them to the facilities where they start doing tests. They start drugging the dad because he can't use his powers. You know, he's trying to use his powers. It's not working. They're drugging him, trying to keep him sedated mm-hmm. and they're using her and pushing her to her limits and she's using her powers and showing what she can do, which is insane. Just yeah. all kinds of stuff going off in flames. Lighting brick walls, cinder block walls yeah, on dude. fire. Yeah, dude. Blowing them up, dude. Uh, but she explains it in a way that when she starts doing that, the only way to release it, to stop it, is to pull it back into her, but then immediately out into some sort of water source because otherwise I'm assuming she'll explode. I don't know. That's what made it sound like she would, what would happen. So we watch all this go down, right? We also watch everybody trying to get her to open up. Uh, oh, before she shows any of her, her powers, they're trying to get her to open up and do stuff, and she will not do it Yeah. until George C. Scott shows up and starts to befriend her. He acts like he's a janitor, uh, and then he basically promises, I'll get I'll get you to see your dad if you help these guys, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, yeah, now I'll do it. So that's when she shows all of her powers off. Uh, and everybody watching this, all these scientists are just like terrified well, watching Martin this little Sheen, girl. Well, Martin Sheen's excited, dude. Yeah, First he's time just she like... Does it. He's like, we got that on tape, right? We oh got all god, of it, right? Oh nuts. my god! So then, um, her dad is like hip to the game. He's like, I'm gonna stop taking these pills, right? He pretends he's still kind of out of it when they come and talk to him, but he takes he he, he he's not taking them. He's throwing them in the in the in the toilet. Uh, and then Martin Sheen's like, look, we can't use you anymore. We can't keep promising her that we're going to show her the dad because at some point she's going to get her way over here. Somehow she's going to figure it out, well, right? we don't want to piss her off either. What right. Do? So we need to get the dad out of here. Let's send him to Hawaii. So he's like, uh, be playing dumb. He's like, oh, I'm going to Hawaii. Cool, <laughs> right? And they're walking. And he basically, when he gets him, when he gets Martin Sheen far enough, he turns around and is like, yeah, I'm not going to Hawaii, punk. <laughs> He's like, I'm taking your helicopter. You're going to call them. Tell them you're coming along. You're going to bring me my daughter. And he sets up this whole thing to bring the daughter back. 
And now Martin Sheen has to listen because he's under the control, right? He's basically a zombie, dude. Yeah. Uh, he gets a, a, a note passed to his daughter where she's being confined. And as she's reading it, excuse me, as she's reading it, she's all excited. And then uh, Rainbird, Raintree, Rainbird. John is what John. He his name is. Yeah, he calls himself John. He shows, uh, George C. Scott shows up and is like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I got to tell dude. you a secret. When this happened, when this was coming to it, and he walked in and she hid the note, I was like, "God damn it, girl!" She can't help it, dude. It She's very happen. innocent and very trusting. That was her friend. I know and she could trust him, so she tells him, "I'm gonna see my dad. He figured us out a way, and I, she, he wants me to meet him at the stable. Somebody's gonna take me to the stable." He's like, oh, "Really?" And he stands up and he's about to karate chop her face. He's getting ready to. Yeah, what was with that, dude? And he's just karate chopping people's faces? That's just how he kills them, dude. He, he hits them so hard that it bashes and shatters the nose the nose cartilage and sends shards of bone into the brain and kills them. Interesting. That used to be a thing where you you do that shit. Like you, you oh, yeah, yeah. The heel well, that, that's why he's you, doing the, when he's you're doing fighting the other somebody, way. you want to be careful because if you hit him in the nose, right, you're going to kill him. That's he, how you well, kill him. Pop, pop, just like that, right? So, so he's a... A classically trained ninja. Yeah, apparently. Apparently, dude. Who's trying to suck people's soul powers? We'll come back to this point. So he gets out there. He's up at the stables hiding out with his gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's her name gets brought there by one of one of Martin Sheen's men. And she gets him to leave. At first, he's not going to. And she like uses her powers to like burn his hands when he's grabbing his gun. And so he runs. She doesn't hurt him. And... Uh, Right as he's about to, she's about to go up and see John because he's up in the loft. Uh, her dad gets there and she's all excited. It's her dad. It's her dad and Martin Sheen, and she's super excited. And she tells him, "My friend John's here." She's like, "Oh yeah," and boom, they know exactly who it is. Because right before he gets there, Martin Sheen's telling him, literally on the drive How there. By the way, there's yeah. this there's this guy working for us, and you know he played her friend and all this stuff, and he's basically a psycho killer. Um, so yeah, dude. Now we have the last showdown, right? There's this this he shows himself basically, which is weird to me that if he's an assassin, a guy who hid in the trees to fucking take him out with with some darts was like, "Hey, here I am." <laughs> what? These guys have mental powers that'll destroy you and you're all like, "Hey, he here I am." Just, he should have just shot the dad. Right. He should have just shot Martin Sheen. Right. And then he could have just taken the girl. Exactly. Well, he wanted to kill her too. Now it was time for her to kill her. He was going to take her soul power. He wanted her to look him in the eyes. Yes. And uh, and then burn the barn down. And then um, instead he shoots the dead, right? Well, first he, you know, there's a there's a, a tussle and this and that. And he tells, he basically tells, he shoots Martin Sheen and kills him. In the fucking head. Well, because cause the dad tells Martin tells Sheen to Martin shoot him, Sheen kill him. him. Uh, so he kills Martin Sheen. And then the dad gets his brain powers on George C. Scott and is like, jump off the ledge. And hang on. What about Martin Sheen's hair in this movie, dude? Tell Holy me, that is fuck. one of the best pompadours of all time, uh, bro. Yeah, when we first see Not him and he gets off his out bike, of place. I was like, "God damn, is that a hair?" It literally looks like a plastic hairpiece helmet. was set on it's a helmet. Yes, hair. dude, he's like a Lego man. <laughs> he is a Lego man, dude. He's a Lego man. <laughs> anyway, in this. sorry, continue. No, you're right though, right? Even when he gets shot, it's I like know. he falls backwards and not one hair falls out of place. Uh. He ends up shooting dead, and Drew Barrymore is like, fuck you, you're dead. 
Oh, and yeah. she just unleashes fury, burns him to pieces. The the barn's going up in flames. She makes sure to melt the 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 little the clasp off, so that yes, the, do- so the, the horses can get out. The horses get out. Then she starts heading out of the out of the barn because her dad's dying. She already went to him. And she's like, well, she, like he, she's there when he dies. Yeah, she went to him and he's just dying. He's like, you know, you're, everything's gonna be all right. We're gonna do this. You got to do this. Blah blah blah. Do it, and whoever you gotta kill, you kill. And you tell them it's a war, honey. That's right. War's oh, coming. Yeah. Yeah. So she steps out, and now she's not crying and looking sad. Now she's looking at all these fucking government men pulling up like, let's go, punks. Boom, boom. Everything's going up and fire. People are going. If I mean, things are just exploding. Not even that. She's literally throwing fucking fireballs. Yes. Holy shit. What? I was not expecting that. Um, the the doctor on the on the golf cart. Yeah, <laughs> I was not expecting Dude, that. So man. much, just just complete the at the end of this is just this absolute explosion of fire and fury. It's like a Michael Bay film before Michael Bay. Right. This is probably what helped like Michael form this Michael Bay. Yes. He's looking at that going. This informed I could do all this. of his works. I could do this. Um, he wanted to be the fire starter. Yeah. So it's done. Right. Yep. Did all that. Somehow, a little seven-year-old girl hitchhikes, <laughs> hitchhikes, 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 uh, hitchhikes to the uh, the old guy that had initially picked her and her dad up when he was helping them out from the feds. Right? He she goes back to his house where he lives with. Is that his daughter? Is that his wife? I don't know. That's quite a age difference. Yes, but they're country folk. Yeah, so it could have been his wife, could have been his daughter, could have been his sister wife. Um, but she comes back. <laughs> and his daughter wife and they, <laughs> yeah. fuck knows. and they pick her up and that's the end of our movie that's the quick run through of what did the you film see, was did you see the post credit scene though there wasn't a post credit scene <laughs> okay, dude if there not. was I'd be like what way ahead yes, of yes so that is Firestarter so let me tell you something okay I had never seen it before obviously okay. I've never read the book okay the only thing I knew about Firestarter was this little girl could start fires. Okay. I didn't so, know anything else about the story. Nothing about the dad, the, the experiments, the government, none of it. Okay. So Martin Sheen's hair, none of it. Coming out of the theater in the parking lot. So coming out of the theater in the parking lot, I have to tell you, I don't know how I feel. This is one that I'm going to have to watch a few times f- through. And I'll tell you why. Okay. There are elements in this that I do like. Drew Barrymore's performance is just killer. Oof. Killer. Tops. Um, it has a slight Carpenter feel to it. The way it's filmed, yes. the, the soundtrack, a lot of pacing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then it's also got, a, it's a cool story, right? Like this idea that this is ha- happening and that, you know, two people who met at one of these experiment things, these are students that are just trying to get some money, extra money, but they're, Bro, they're, they're taking place scene, in an dude, experiment. The dude ripping his eyeballs out. Yeah. Um, but you know, these other two that fall in love there and then they end up having a kid that has powers and mm-hmm. it's like, the, it's like the beginning of fantastic four. What, why couldn't I like this? Right. Yeah. Um, but what was her powers by the way? The mom, Heather Locklear's powers. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, mind reading. Remember, because she was reading his mind while they were sitting oh, there. Oh, that's right. He can influence people. She can read minds. She reads the minds, yes. and the other one uh, creates fire with her mind. Okay. Um. So those are cool things, right? The ending, fucking awesome, dude. Yes. What a way to go out. Like, and this little girl, it was just so cool. Mm-hmm. But. So much of this film was just basic. Basically, all the film really was in terms of 
you got slight character growth, slight. Okay, yeah. not yeah. much happening with the dad in terms of growth. You know, it's just, you just, that's just not happening in this film. Um, even with her, it, it was just more about situational. What was happening situationally to these characters? Yes, and then it was it was chase catch experiment, and that was almost the bulk of our movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just kind of like, really? I, I mean. Cool, but like it's already been twenty minutes of nonstop her in her room not getting along, and then now she's they're promising her, and I can see how they're all doing it, but it was like for me, I thought there was more to it. I don't know why. I thought there'd be, I don't know, I don't know what I was looking for. So, so because I I wasn't expecting that, it kind of threw me off, and then there were just some kind of real pedo moments in this film that really made me uncomfortable. I was yeah. like, what is going on right now in this movie? No, we could go even before that. George C. Scott talking about he oh, wants this girl for yes. himself. She's pretty. She's young. Yes, dude. And I'm just like, oh, what the? Heck? Am I watching? Am I watching Harvey Weinstein? And, and then and, he said and, something. Uh, and then he said something about. I don't know. I don't dude. even want to say very it. Very young, dude. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, then okay, I know this guy's playing her father. I know this, right? Yes. However. In the real world, in reality, you're still a man as an actor with mm-hmm. a young little girl. And the amount of times he had his hands all over her kind of her little body, <laughs> just the way sometimes there was sometimes where it was just like there was that one thing when they jumped off the side of the overpass and they're laying there and he's like, you're all I got. And I got to tell you, I love it. And he, it was like, whoa, is he going to start making out with her? What's about <laughs> to happen right now? Like, what is happening? You know, I got to be honest. Um for as young as Drew Barrymore was thrust into the limelight, yeah, and knowing her early life, yeah, I'm surprised she didn't end up fucked up, dude. She did for a while. Yes, but she was, she was for able a while. to get herself. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, Dad, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, so I, there was times in this movie that I just felt uncomfortable because yeah. of that moment. Like, yeah, no, I picked oh, up on that. A what's lot happening too, dude. with this, yeah. dude? This is so weird. Uh, but overall, okay, so again, it wasn't everything I was expecting, and I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting a lot of laboratory time and you okay. know this this whole thing. Um, now that I know what to expect, I'm probably going to revisit it a couple times because I've, I've found movies that I absolutely loved that was because of the second time watching it, right? Yeah. So, so that's my initial thought on it right out of the okay. theater. What about you? Um. I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. A lot more than I think I thought I would. Um, again, I've never read the book, but I'm familiar a little bit with the story, obviously, about the little girl who can set fires and they're they're on the run. See, um, I didn't know about being on the run. I didn't know any of that. This, again, like I said, it, it felt very much like a Carpenter movie, which was fucking awesome. A, because I love Carpenter, and B, because I knew he had a hand in this. So to see that little bit draw, uh, kept and drawn over. Um, was nice. The soundtrack, and I don't know if it was the texture of the film or the way it was shot, made this film seem like a much older film. Yeah, yeah, like, like almost seventies. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, I agree, hundred sure percent. George C. Scott being in this, George, right? Yeah, C. Scott being in this movie. I'm sure that didn't help either, because in my head, Changeling, nineteen eighty, yeah, into the seventies. Um, but yeah, no, I I like this movie. The I I. I can see what you mean by it seems like it's chase laboratory ending, right? <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't bother me because I think I was here more so for the the situational 
and yeah. the buildup in the ending, um, which delivered, didn't let down. Um, and I think that's why I was okay with it, and I liked it more than just, okay, three three blatant, obvious acts, right? I don't know why. I wasn't expecting the government to be involved in any way. I don't well, know why. And, and here's the thing. You had said uh, about George C. Scott's character sucking the souls out of people, right? Yeah. Okay, so that reminds me very much of Dr. Sleep, which is okay. another Stephen King novel. However, I also just read one of his newer novels, The Institute, which was uh, billed and sold as a basically a mashup of It and Firestarter. And there's this organization in there that steals little children who can do things like this, right? Uh, and it's called The Institute. So I read that. I haven't read this. I want to go back and read it. They're called two totally different things, but I don't know if there's any sort of connection between the Because you know how he writes, dude. Yes, because everything's all connected. You know it, dude. You know? Um, very similar. Very similar. Um, even even with the, um, the, ja- the, the janitor person coming in and, like, being... Interesting. Yeah, very... Obviously, he wrote both books, but still. Yeah, right? Why revisit... Do you think maybe he's forgetting? <laughs> I don't he's know. He's like, oh, shit, this is the he's greatest just, idea I ever had in my life. He's going to pump out another thousand... And his editor's like... page book, it's going to be it again. <laughs> his editor's like, I'm not going to say anything, dude. We're just going to... We're just going to make the... go with people it. pay for just it. Just make the money. It doesn't matter. People pay for it, dude. Wow. Uh, but no, I, I really did enjoy this movie. Um, yeah. Did you know that the special I did not. effects at It's the not end, that I did not like it either. It was just that it made... No, I do... Well, yeah. Let me rephrase my comment yeah. i liked it more than you did Chris. Yeah. okay um <laughs> the special effects in the ending of this movie and basically throughout were all practical yeah so again Insane. i think that helps lend it when to that statement i said about it feeling like an older movie i think that helps and adds into that too because we're also at a time in the 80s where we're seeing a lot more cgi stuff um and even if it's not too much oh, i mean look at look at basket case look at the great cgi on that the uh, the special effects, so we're we're starting to see <laughs> some of this better stuff come along. Beautiful, but, beautiful. Um, but yeah, no, all around, I love this film. Yeah, it was yeah. fun, dude. There, I, there I enjoyed it. Things, there were a couple things that I did have issues with. Some there was some bad overdubbing. Um, it looked like was they there? did over uh, 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 like ADR and post. Um, the shot of the dude with his eyes ripped out when it was coming out of the flashback. It was like. Play forward, stop, rewind. Play oh, I saw again. that when it was yeah, doing there the, was some minor, the repetition things. I yeah, saw that. There I was noticed some that. Minor like <laughs> production esque details. Yeah, but um, but no. Other than that, but dude, was, I feel was like the there tits, was enough. Dude. There was enough to overlook that. Like yes, like yes, like Drew absolutely. Barrymore's performance, oh, dude. dude. Good lord, this what little girl, fucking... and she went through like to be able to pull off emotion like that. Yeah, and it looked real. It didn't look like she was faking it. Because sometimes you'll watch movies and little kids when they're pre- like pretending to cry, they they can't really make themselves look like they're really crying. And it looks at, like um, she's digging deep into some sort of like legit loss that she had to pull that out of her, and it blows me away. Well, look at uh, look at the little kid in Cujo, another Stephen King story. Yeah, that kid. Holy fuck. Yeah, I've never been that scared, but I know that fear. Yeah, you know. Yeah, dude. And he pulled she was, it off, But man. she was killer, dude. She yeah. was just so good. So she's good. She's always everything. Her she's face, in. dude. Her little face, all the emotion that she could just portray with her face was mm-hmm. insane. Um, the, the guy that plays her dad, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not bad. He wasn't bad. Like I said, there was a couple times he came off kind of creeper, so I wasn't. it kind of threw me off sometimes, but he wasn't bad. He kind of reminds me of um, the guy who plays Scott Farkas, Zach's. Oh, Zach Ward. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of him a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
George C. Scott, dude, I just love that guy. Oh, yeah. Every time I see him now, I'm just like, oh, oh man, I can't yeah. wait to see what kind of character he's going to play now, dude. If you ever get a chance, check out Patton, for yes, real. Check out that it. film. It was, I never in my life would ever have been like, I got to see that film. But now <laughs> that I've seen it, I'm like, holy crap, what a film, right? And you'll yeah. appreciate it for the film itself, like the oh, cinematography. Oh, yeah, I know it's one of those types of films, yeah. Um, But yeah, dude, just have it. And then, oh, come on, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen's just so killer. Every You know, almost yeah. all the time, he's just such a, he's so good. Um, Coming out of uh, uh, Apocalypse Now. Yes. in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, that has a lot going for it. Like you said, the special effects looks good. It's a Stephen King story, so there's paranormal in there. And, and even, be, and, and it's it's crazy because they got these giant fucking fireballs dude that are flying through the sky on wires and they look great they yeah look great they don't look cheesy yeah, like not the meatball at all. things in the tommy not uh, not tommy knockers uh, uh the other one where all the people get stuck in the airport where they yeah. adapted his work no dude not at yeah. all that legit looked the looked, langoliers the lang because that's what the, yeah. the langoliers are giant fucking meatball looking things dude but this thing is insane <laughs> how good. they looked yes man I didn't know they were fireballs at first. I thought it was a missile, and then I was like, oh, no, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. But yes. Yeah, I thought it was awesome, great, dude. I thought she did a great job. And, and all the special effects with everybody on fire, too. And to know that nobody died while they were making yeah, this movie either. Yeah, no kidding. Man, holy shit. And we're not, we're not talking about people on fire in full suits. We're talking about people whose limbs are on fire, but yes, they're still they're like uncovered. Yes. So, yeah, dude. And you're talking 84, so it's not the most up-to-date. Like, we don't, like, not what we have now to protect The fire people. extinguisher probably hadn't been inspected in, like, 10 Good years. God, so. dude. <laughs> if they even had one on set. I'm going to have to, you know what? I'd like to watch the making of this film. And then watch it again, and I think I guarantee I I'll probably have a better appreciation. Blu-ray or DVD, if there would be a making up that probably, dude. There. Probably, I if they got a special edition like that. We because should do think a whole... about it. Who is well? Look at look at who the um, the producer was as well. Dio uh, uh, Dino de uh, De Laurentiis. Yes. Yeah, Giada's dad. Yes, he um he he did a whole massive a amount of Stephen of movies. King yeah. movies, dude. Heck yeah, dude. Throughout his career, hell yeah, um, man. But there was something else that he did too that kind of made sense and fit in here. I, I got him confused with um, Brian De Palma. Oh. So they both got because they got similar style names. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you um, know who De Laurentiis is, right? Giada De Laurentiis, the no. Food Network cook, the oh. Italian lady, that little Italian lady. She's real kind of tiny, big, okay, slightly bigger head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's her, her dad? dad. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, dude. So um, I'm yeah. Look, I'm gonna check it out again, and now that I know what I'm getting into, I guarantee it's I'm gonna like it even more because there's so much that I did like about it that just being thrown off. Because I as as it's going towards the end, I'm like, really, that's all we're doing is being like hanging out in this this like laboratory place for half the movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I thought it was. I don't know what I thought. I thought there was like a school involved and like kind of like Carrie. You know what I mean? But like. And neighborhoods and like I don't know why. In my head, I thought she was going yeah, nuts I in the neighborhood. Really, I didn't really come in, in with any suburbs. sort of expectation, other than it's this little. I didn't even really know too much about the government coming after them. I just knew it was a little girl who could start fires with her mind. I was waiting for those those G men to have powers themselves, kind of like or be like robots, like, like in oh, fucking Halloween three. That's what it is. I think he produced Halloween three. Oh, does he? Yes. I think you might which be right. Which would make sense why Carpenter was coming on, which makes sense as to why this still feels like Halloween 3 slash a Carpenter film. Right, right. You know nice. what I mean? Nice. He oh, paid. man. We can get into the <laughs> fireside tidbits now. Yeah, let's get into some fireside tidbits, this dude. This fucking dude, Dino De Laurentiis, paid Stephen King a million dollars for the book rights, dude. 
Damn. I and Stephen know. King was like, I mean, I would have just done it for 500 bucks, but sure, I'll take but a million. He said, no, 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 no. We can get you the money. Take the money. Take the studio's money, dude. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, before, a couple years before this movie, uh, Drew Barrymore was at the supermarket with her mom, and they saw the cover for Firestarter. And her mom had made her comment like, oh, you, you kind of look like her. So she got the book and she read it. And then I guess Drew Barrymore came out to her mom and Wait, said- Wait, Drew Barrymore read it? Yeah. At that age? I guess. Good Lord. And, uh, she came out and she said, um, well, her mom was making dinner and said, I'm the fire starter. I'm Charlie McGee. And then she was cast. Speaking She's awesome, dude. I love her. her. She um, was also, remember going back to Poltergeist and it was between- um, uh, what's her face and Drew Barrymore for Carol Ann? Yeah. Um, same thing here, I guess. They were both in competition for this role as well. I could see her. Uh, what's her name doing it too? God, what was her name? I can't um, think of it now. Oh, but I could see name? it. I could see her with her little blonde Heather hair. Heather O'Rourke. F- flipping in the air. Yeah, dude. That white blonde hair. Would have been a much different character though. It's kind of a cool thing that they did too, right? That little fan thing to blow her yeah, hair up to, so you knew that shit was getting wild. Well, it's getting windy. It's getting hot. Because you remember how hot the temperature gauge got in the, uh, the science, scientist's yeah. room. Um, wow, that sounded so <laughs> unscientific. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, so I guess George C. Scott, you know, he puts the eye patch on. Yeah. I guess he did that. He had to do that because he sustained an eye injury due to the contact that he was wearing. And they don't say a thing. They don't say a thing about it. Why? Yeah, I know. He didn't say he just puts That's it on. That's why walks when in. I saw it, it was so weird. I'm like, why are you putting an eye patch on? I dude? wonder if it was just cut out. Like because that was part he'd of already it. seen her once before this without, without it. it, right? And then all of a sudden he had it, and then he wouldn't have it later. Like it was crazy. Yeah, I guess he injured his eye. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to. I'd, again, I'd be very interested in seeing the making of this to get yeah. an idea of like all the different things that again may have been cut out that were supposed to be you know a, a part of this film. Because that feels like that should have been addressed. And also like the thing that he wanted to suck her energy power. Yeah, like it just didn't feel... Again, maybe because they took out one director and brought in a different one. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was weird. They should have elaborated on that a lot more. Yeah. Um, again, John Carpenter was removed from the project due to performance... Uh, uh, not performance, but... Performance anxiety. Um, no, the uh, the box office numbers for the thing, which sucks because that movie was so good, dude. Yeah if he would have let me put it to you this way if we had this movie as a John Carpenter movie I don't think we would have had Christine as a Carpenter movie so which one you know what I mean like would you like to see a version of his fire starter or would you prefer you know what we have Christine let's keep Christine that's a tough one you have to give it up you have to give up Christine if you get his fire starter I gotta stay with Christine dude crazy right yeah um Oh, so I guess the uh, the screenplay was a lot closer to the book when John Carpenter was doing the project. Oh, so I guess um, it, it 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 leaves yes. the it moves away from the book, huh? When I I guess again I'm not too familiar with the book. I haven't read it. I want to, um, but I guess when uh, screenwriter Stanley Mann uh, and then the new director, obviously the one we're working with here, Mark Lester, both came on. They rewrote the script and it came out to about 300 pages. Now, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but to put that in perspective, when they say your script writing... It's usually a page a minute, right? A page a minute. A minute per page. So See, that's a 300-minute... 300-minute movie, excluding credits. Put this into perspective, ladies and gentlemen. 120 minutes is two hours. <laughs> 
That's two hours already, 120 that's, minutes. That's four, four and a half? Oh, God. Something like that, A little over right? that? Yeah. They had to narrow it down to a 120-page screenplay, dude. Unbelievable. But it would be interesting to get my hands on a copy of that screenplay, the original, the, the original 300-page one, and see, again, what was fleshed out better, what else was in there. Um, was there a was there more character development? Was uh, the uh, Rainbird plot line outlined a little bit better? You know, because I would have uh, liked to have seen more more. Not really that her mom could do much. I mean, she could just read my. But maybe her mom had other abilities that we don't know of, dude. So apparently, Stephen King's not a fan of this version. Yeah, I heard this. I heard. Is it? Is it? It's got to be one of those. Uh, Which the I guess the director, the director, and the screenwriter, writer, one of them or both of them, said uh, they didn't understand why because he greenlit the script. So, well, yeah, he. Well, oh, the script that was shot though, maybe the original script, right? But then you know how many rewrites happen even just on set at know, the time of filming. Yeah. So, uh, did you know Zac Efron's got a movie, a, a Firestarter coming out? Yeah, yeah, the remake. The re- that's the playing, remake, right? Playing When's the dad. I'm actually really looking forward to this because I have gained a an appreciation for um, Zac Efron since he's not making uh, High School Musical anymore. <laughs> um, I don't know if you caught him as Dahmer. No, was that, it good? Yeah, that was a good movie. Um, he was good in um, the Baywatch movie with The Rock. That was pretty good. But yeah, I have a, I have a, a different appreciation for him now. Yeah, it so says that it says that they're um, they're hinting at a more faithful adapt adaptation of the Stephen King novel. Interesting. They want to. It's they coming say out soon, dude. There's and so much in it that's awesome better because Carpenter's coming back to score this one. <laughs> Have All you right, seen the trailer? Is, no, I. Oh, you gotta no. watch the trailer. Now that dude. I've seen this film, watch the trailer. We're watching it when we get off. Here. I will. Oh, I will. Yeah. Dude, I wonder if the no- I wonder this. if the novel stays away from like maybe it's not as much as the read, we military read the thing. Book before we go see this remake. Now I'm just gonna Spark look noted. online and, and look online and I literally <laughs> typed in film versus novel Firestarter, <laughs> and there's an article here by a Casey Carlisle. I'm just gonna re- let her tell me what the differences are. By by a Charlie McGee. <laughs> Charlie McGee was a boy. What? Um, interesting. All right, dude. So what are we doing next week? Ah, next week we're going to take a uh, sidestep and go visit our good friend Joe Dante. Joe Dante. For Gremlins. Oh, I love this movie so much. This is one that my, one of my favorite Christmas movies. I don't think I've seen as much as I should have. This one is oh, it's just so seen classic. It a, quite a the bit, look but, on this film, just oh, the look, the way it looks, is so gorgeous. You know, when I watch this movie, the way it looks and the texture reminds me of a Christmas story. It has that kind of glow to it, yes. that feel, yeah. Especially at the beginning, there's but a we'll lot get of that into feel. It, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait to get Sneak into peek it. Sneak for next Dude, week, dude. I can't wait to people. watch. I'm gonna watch like 18 times before we. we I, talk I about think it. I've come up with a new routine. When I go home after recording, I'm gonna watch next week's movie right away. Yeah, and so then you yeah, watch I'm it again home and watch closer. It tonight. Yeah, nice. I watched it already during Christmas time because again, I do play it during Christmas. I consider it a Christmas film. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's it's oh, it's gonna be so much fun. Anyway, all right, yeah, we'll wait for next week to talk about that. Right now, we're about to head out. So listen, guys, thanks so much for listening we appreciate it uh make sure to head over to all our social medias facebook twitter instagram out of the shadows podcast or ots pod you look it up we'll just put it up until next time for jim clark this is chris chavez we want to remind you to keep your eye on the shadows